Open your Bibles to the book of First Kings. And again, I just want to wish everyone a happy Mother's Day. This morning, you know, I would assume that there are many families here today who are joyfully celebrating their mothers and the relationship of motherhood, but I do also want to be very sensitive to those to whom Mother's Day can bring about painful memories or bring about pain for you. And we do understand that sometimes and for some people that Mother's Day is not always a joyous day. There are women who want to have children who are unable to have them. There are women who have lost children. There are women who choose not to have children. And there are those who have difficult relationships with their mothers. And as many of you have suffered the loss of a mother, but we want to let you know that this is not... The celebration of Mother's Day is not without considering those feelings in our hearts and our prayers or with all of you um, in that. So this morning we're going to dive into 1 Kings chapter 3, and we're going to start in chapter 16. In 1 Kings chapter 3, starting in verse 16, it says, Now two women who were harlots, they came to the king and stood before him. And one woman said, Oh, my Lord, this woman and I dwell in the same house, and I gave birth while she was in the house. And then it happened on the third day, after I had given birth, that this woman also gave birth. And we were together. No one was in the house with us, except the two of us in the house. And this woman's son died in the night because she lay on him. So she arose in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while your maidservant slept and laid him in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I arose in the morning to nurse my son, there he was, dead. But when I had examined him in the morning, indeed, he was not my son whom I had born. Then the other woman said, no. But the living one is my son, and the dead one is your son. And the first woman said, No, but the dead one is your son, and the living one is my son. Thus they spoke before the king. And the king said, The one says, This is my son who lives, and your son is the dead one. And the other says, No, but your son is the dead one, and my son is the living one. And then the, sword, and then the, then the king said, Bring me a sword. And so they brought him a sword before the king. And the king said, Divide the living child in two, and give half to one and half to the other. And then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king, for she yearned with compassion for her son, and said, O Lord, give her the living child, and by no means kill him. But the other said, Let him be neither mine nor yours, but divide him. And so the king answered and said, Give the first woman the living child, and by no means kill him. She is his mother. And all Israel heard the judgment which the king had rendered, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. So the title of my sermon this morning is, What About Mothers? So what about mothers? So the first thing that we're going to see through the scripture that we have chosen this morning, is the first thing I want us to understand is that mothers, there we go, mothers are not perfect. Mothers are not perfect. 
And since there are no perfect women, there are no perfect mothers. We all make mistakes, and mothers are not aside from that. If we just take a look at these mothers here, these two ladies, what can we find out about them? First of all, we see that both of these women were harlots. They were prostitute women. They had made poor lifestyle choices. They had had a past that was considered to be unfavorable. And most likely they were unmarried. They were single mothers. And given the line of work in which they were, they probably didn't know who the father was. And as we go further, it's very important to kind of remember these things and the characteristics of these two mothers for a later point. But the thing that I want to show you is even though within their imperfections, guess what? They were still mothers. Mothers are not perfect. And you're probably thinking at this point, surely there was a better example that you could have pulled out of Scripture to, um, to give us a better example. Are you thinking that? Yeah, probably a lot of you are. And I'm not comparing anyone to these two ladies. But regardless of the, of the lady that I pulled from Scripture, they still would have fit the criteria that she would not have been perfect. There are no such thing as perfect mothers. And both of these women, they had suffered greatly. We see one who had suffered a tragic accident by the death of her son. A tragic accident that happened in the middle of the night as she accidentally rolled over on top of him and woke up in the middle of the night to find him dead. Very tragic accident, suffering greatly at the loss of a child. And the other, due to the behavior of the first, she was victim to having her child kidnapped, being deceived, and having to bring her case before the king. And not to mention the emotional whirlwind that she went through with her also waking up thinking that her child was dead, attempting to nurse, and then being maybe a couple hours later before she could actually examine the child to find out that this was not her child. So they both were not perfect. They both suffered some really horrible things, but yet they are still mothers. They are still moms. And moms are not perfect. And just as these mothers were not perfect, mothers are not going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. Mothers today are not perfect. So I want this to kind of be seen from two different perspectives here. First of all, as a mother, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to mess up. Because I believe that you're a good-willed mother who wants to do the absolute best for your children. And even doing that, and even with having that goal you're still going to make mistakes, and mistakes happen. So I say, take it easy on yourself. Lighten up. Okay, you're going to make mistakes. We all have made mistakes. And also the perspective of you're looking at yourself, yes, lighten up on yourself. When you make mistakes, learn from them and keep moving forward. But also looking at other mothers. Other mothers, guess what? They make mistakes too, right? So whenever mothers get together, we need to support one another. I mean, raising a child is really difficult. It's almost impossible to do it on your own, though many do. It's always great to have another person who has suffered and has gone through the troubles and has made the mistakes to come alongside another mother and encourage them. So whenever mothers come together, we have an understanding, and to have an understanding that mothers are not perfect. Lighten up. And I'd also like to address children at this point. Mothers are not perfect. They're going to make mistakes. I'm just so thankful that my mom made all of her mistakes on my older son. <laughs> but however, mothers will make mistakes. So however, take it easy on them. 
I believe that your mother's a good-willed mother who wants to try to do the best that she possibly can for you. They're going to make mistakes. You're going to get punished for things. She's going to have a bad day. They're going to be throwing a fit. Things are going to happen. So don't expect your mothers to be perfect, especially since we ourselves could never be perfect too. So the first thing I wanted to see, so what about mothers? Well, the first thing I want you to understand is that mothers are not perfect. And nobody expects you to be perfect. The best thing that we can do is express those, those times of failure with one another, confess your faults to one another in order that you may be, be able to build one another up because I would be, I'd be very surprised if you are going through something that no other mother has gone through before. No mothers are perfect. We make mistakes. And the second thing I want us to see here is that mothers make sacrifices. How many of you agree that being a mother is a sacrifice? If from about that first couple of weeks, isn't it? You start to make those sacrifices. But looking at the women here that we see in our scripture, these two women who were hardest who came before the king with a case, the case of a stolen child, and they, were brought, they brought it before the king to have him pass judgment on the case. When we look at these two mothers, Neither one of them gave birth in ideal circumstances. Remember, they were harlots. They were living together. And in the job in which they were taking up, in prostitution, having children would have interfered with their lifestyle. It would have been something that would complicate things. And given their line of work, yes, they were probably, they did not know who the father was, so there were no fathers around to help. We can see this is not an ideal situation for these women to give birth. You know, they were at the bottom of the social ladder. They were looked upon. As people would pass by, they would see the situation in which they were. Probably oftentimes they would be treated as those same people would be treated today. People would walk by with an elitist attitude with their nose up and say, oh, that's poor. That's just too bad. So they weren't looked upon. So it wasn't an ideal situation for either woman to give birth. But I want you to understand, both of them wanted their child. Both of them wanted to make the sacrifices in order to be a mom. They were willing to raise their child. They were willing to do whatever it took to raise that child. Not, not just one of them, but both of them wanted them. When we look at the first one, yes, her child was who had died in the night, but look at, look at what extreme measures she went through to try to replace that child. I don't condone the behavior that she did. I don't condone stealing the baby, but you could see the deep desire in her heart to have a child was there. And she was willing to make the sacrifices. And though her life may would have been easier without a child, but she wanted and she wanted to have that child and to take care of it. I think this is very important for us to recognize. I think it's very important for us to mention this morning that in light of a culture in which we live where abortion is the reason that people will take up abortion for the reason of convenience. It's recommended, but not only recommended, but even celebrated in the world in which we live. And I've shared this story with very few people, but I was a youth pastor at First Baptist in, in Omaha. You know, one, one Wednesday evening as we were kind of wrapping everything up and game time was over and we were... And um, we were getting, getting ready to leave. One of the young ladies came and said, I'm not going to be here Sunday. I was like, okay, well, what's going on Sunday? What do, you, what do you have going on? I'm going to miss you. I'd like for you to be here. She goes, well, one of my friends is, having, um, is going to Dallas, and I'm going to go with her. I said, well, what's going on? And she said, well, well not, that I've, not that I support it, but she's going to have an abortion. And she was a 17-year-old girl. And I said, 
I just opened my mouth and said, well, said, well call her. I said, let me talk to her. I said, I just want to talk to her. I'd never been that close to that type of a situation before. I said, well, just call her up. I said, I, I would really like to talk to her. I wanted to figure out what was going on. I actually wanted to figure out if there's a way that I could help. And um, as she got her on the phone, she goes, well, my youth pastor would like to talk to you. And I said, so she was actually willing to talk to me. I was like, well, great. So I, so I began to talk with her. I wanted to figure out what was going on. I said, I, said, I hear that you know, you're going to go have, a, have an abortion this Sunday. I said, um, I said, what's, what's the problem? Is there something that you know, we can do to help? Is there something that we can offer you? Is there something that, do you need help raising a child? Or you, do you not have a support system in your family? Is there anything that we could offer you? We would be here and we would love to help you in doing this. He's like, no, it's nothing, it has nothing to do with that. <clears throat> I said, was there anything that I can do to convince you to not go Sunday? And she's like, no, I think I've already made up my mind. I'm going to go and have an abortion on Sunday. I said, well, is it money? I said, do you need some money? Do you need something? Do you need this to provide everything you need for, your, for this child in order for you to go through it? I said, I would love to be able to help you in that way. She said, no. It's like, if you were to give me money, I would just use it to pay for the abortion. And I said, well, this is the last thing that I have to offer. And I said, I really want you to consider it. I said, what if I was to take your child? I said, I've already adopted one. I said, I would take your child if you will just let me adopt her. She goes, well, I'm not going to have a, it's like I'm not going to have a child. And I'm not going to carry a child for nine months and get attached to it just to give it away. I said, well, why are you going through with all of this? She goes, well, I've got a college scholarship and I'm moving, moving away and this is going to interfere with my education and I'm not going to have this baby. So out of inconvenience, this child's life was taken. So it's very important to see within the story of the scripture that we're looking at here at least one good thing that we can come from the woman who actually switched the babies that she wanted that child and she was willing to make the sacrifice in order to raise that child even though it was going to be completely and totally inconvenient and it was not in ideal circumstances but she wanted that child in a world in which we live where abortion for reason of inconvenience and it's almost sickening with some of the videos where people are celebrating the taking of a child because of inconvenience. I offered that girl everything I possibly could, a support system to help, money, everything that I could possibly, even taking that child. And it wasn't, she wasn't even willing to make the sacrifice to carry that child to term in order to give it to birth that it would have a life. And sometimes I do kind of, I kind of think about that, you know. You know, what would that child be doing right now? About two years old, you know, in my, in my home. But at least what we can come and we can see is that mothers truly make sacrifices. And raising a child is a big sacrifice. And those of you who are willing to make that sacrifice, I commend you for doing so. Because it is a big sacrifice. And thank you so much for doing that. But both of these women were willing to make the sacrifices in order to be a mother. And what we see here in verse 26 of the scripture here, it says this mother was faced with a decision that the king had made. She had brought her case before the king. And because there were no witnesses there, she was saying, look, it's just me and this lady at this house and nobody else was there. So he had no eyewitnesses to go up. He had no evidence of the claim that this woman was making. It was, a he, it was a she said, she said thing and there, was, there were contradictory stories and they had no, no other evidence to back up what they were saying. So the only thing that he had to do 
<clears throat> was to make a decision that would expose who the real mother was. And exposing who the real mother was, he, was, he actually exposed the one who was willing to make the greatest sacrifice to see this child live. And that's exactly what happened. This, the, the mother of the living baby, she was willing to make a great sacrifice in order for her child to live. She was willing to allow her son to be raised by another woman. How many of you mothers here today would make that exact same choice? Show of hands. Yeah. It would have been an incredible sacrifice to do so. To allow someone else to raise your child in order that they might live. We see a couple of examples in the Bible where mothers had to relinquish their motherhood from their sons. We look at Hannah. As she so desperately wanted a child as she was infertile and God had heard her prayer and God had blessed her with a child. And as she, as she came, and it was time for him to be weaned and she was to fulfill the promise that she had made before her God and she had to let him go to do his work at the temple as she had promised. We see Jochebed who at the side of the river who's prepared a basket for her son in order for him to live she had to trust God and push him out and allow him to go, to go away. And she allowed him to be raised by another mother in order that he might live because otherwise he would have truly been put to death along with the rest of the others. It's a great sacrifice for someone to make a, such a decision. And many women do make that decision, especially through adoption. And I've been someone who's been blessed by the adoptive process. That there was a young lady in Texarkana who had made bad life choices, had gone through a couple of different things, and brought, she was brought to a point where she wanted the best for her child. She wanted her child to be raised in a family that had a father and a mother both. They would raise them in a Christian environment, and she did it extremely honorable and commendable, and she made a great decision to put that baby up for adoption, and God has blessed us with Kaya because of it. So when someone is willing to make the tremendous sacrifice and to putting a child up for adoption for the betterment of that child, what an honorable, honorable decision to make. You know, whenever we, I haven't told, I don't think I've told anybody this story, but throughout the process of the adoption of, of Kaya, we, were, we came to the, the, lawyer's, the lawyer's office and we had to go pick up um, Kaya's biological mother and bring her to the office. This is after Kaya had been born and we were finalizing the papers. And I noticed the paralegal was kind of being short, you know, with the biological mother of, of my child. And she almost kind of being rude. I didn't say anything because I didn't want it to be a perception. I was like, look, it's like, apparently she doesn't understand the tremendous sacrifice that this girl has just made in order for the benefit of her child. What a selfless, honorable, and commendable decision for someone to make. I'm so glad she did because <laughs> I got the blessing of her decision. But yes, women who are mothers make great sacrifices. So what about mothers? Yes, they're not perfect. But mothers definitely make big sacrifices. And the last thing I want us to see here this morning is we have two mothers here. We have two mothers. They have come before, one has come before the king, and one has taken matters into own, her own hands. They both have suffered a, tr a horrible tragedy. One mother waking up in the middle of the night, finding her child dead because she accidentally laid up on top of her child and he was no longer alive. 
as I've expressed this morning, what a horrible tragedy to have to go through. But she made a tragic mistake in trying to handle things on her own. She made a tragic mistake by taking matters into her own hands, going as far as to kidnap another person's child in order to replace her own and to try to deceive the mother into believing that the dead child was hers. Though, we, though I can understand the pain and the anguish that she was going through, I can't condone her behavior. Her behavior was truly wrong, and what she did was wrong. But the example that I want us to follow and to see is that the other mother, she brought her matters before the king. She did right. She didn't take the matters into her own hands, but she brought the matter before the king. And I want you to understand, mothers, the best thing that you can do is to bring the matter of motherhood before the king. And remember who these women were. Remember, they were prostitute women, single women, harlots. Look down, the bottom of the social ladder. And as they come before the, the almighty king of Israel and they present their case, the king could have been very, very um, withdrawn about this case. But no, the, the king heard the case from these two prostitute women. He was impartial to them. Without respect of persons, he came and he listened to their case and he gave them a righteous judgment that ultimately was for the benefit of the mother who brought before who brought the case before the king. And I want you to understand, mothers, women, that you can come before the king, regardless if you're perfect, regardless if you're imperfect, regardless of the sacrifices that you have made or that you haven't made. If you're truly willing to bring your matters before the king, he is impartial. He wants to hear your case. He will listen to you and he will instruct you in a way that will be for your benefit. It may be confusing at first. It may be in order, to, it may, you may hear something that is, is for the purpose to expose you to make, to understand that you are stronger than you thought you might be. But ultimately it's going to be for the best benefit of you and your child if you will just bring your matters to the king. Not the king, not an earthly king, but the king of kings the great almighty Savior, your God, who desperately wants to hear from you. When you approach the very throne room of God, as you step into the presence of God with your matters, he will take time to listen. He will hear. And he will, like Solomon did, pass a righteous judgment and give you good instruction that will be for your best and the best for your children. So what about mothers? As we prepare for our hymn of invitation this morning, what about mothers? What we found out is mothers are not perfect. And nobody expects you to be perfect. And even within your imperfections, there are many sacrifices that you will make as a mother. And a lot of difficult decisions that you will have to make. But I want you to know, throughout the, the process of motherhood, I want you to know that there is a king who wants to hear your case, who wants to hear from you and wants to instruct you that will give you a righteous and a holy information that will be the best for you and your children. So we should take all matters before the king. So this morning you're going to have the opportunity to do that here during this invitation. If you're here this morning and you're your mother and you're struggling, I would love to pray with you. These altars are open. You can come bring the matter before the king. 
If you're here and everything's going great and you just want to be thankful, well, you can come bring that matter before the king here at the altar. If you're someone who's suffering and you want a child so desperately but you're unable to have them, we'd love to pray for you. We can bring that matter before the king. Whatever your situation may be, especially when it comes to moms, let's understand moms are not perfect. We honor the sacrifices that you make. And whatever you're going through, always know that the king is ready to listen to your case. Let's stand, let's sing.